1: The Easton Seaboard
0: coming online. The creators of Toy Story. Good
1: morning, fellas. Hey, what's shaking, Bacon? Did you lose weight or a limb?
0: Take you into the world behind your closet door.
1: Roz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? New makeup? You've had a lift. You've had a tuck. You've had something. Ah!
0: We've always been afraid monsters were there.
1: Scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Oh, the
0: kids awake, waiting to scare us.
1: Twins and a bunk bed.
0: But what we didn't know is that we scare them.
1: What happened? The kid almost touched me. You can't touch a child. They're toxic. If a kid ever got through one of our doors, the results would be catastrophic. Ah!
0: Walt Disney Pictures presents.
1: <laughs> Kitty, that thing is a killing machine.
0: A Pixar Animation Studios film. Boo! No. Ah!
1: nor deny the presence of a human child. Let's keep it. I always wanted a pet that could tell me! E-5-0. What are you doing?
0: Monsters Incorporated.
1: It's a musical. Put that thing back where it came from or oh, so help me. Boom, 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 so help boom, me. Boom, so help boom, me.
0: Boom, boom, and cut! <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo. And today, only one half of the dynamic duo is sitting across from me. And that is Kyle. Kyle Zayner. Uh, Terrence is MIA. Uh, hope everything's okay. Uh, he is starting a new job two days from now, so hopefully he's just trying to get relaxed Everything and ready to go. His ducks in a row and all the good stuff, We've, right? Well, we'll want to hear from him soon, I'm sure. So, today we will be covering something that's a little fun to do. We've been doing some heavy hitters lately with Ben Hur and Silence of the Lambs, and uh, we figured we'd lighten up and have a little bit of fun with our first ever pixar movie yeah um this is one that we all sat down and decided on we will be doing monsters inc which is just a fabulous show altogether. together lovely kids movie <laughs> definitely gets away from the heavy
1: adult stuff we've been doing in the past few weeks now so
0: kyle if you, question for you since terrence isn't here all right if you were a monster on the scare floor such as this movie what would your tactic be to scare the kids
1: oh man i i i, I kind of go with sully's to go like uh, like like crawl and going like, prounce and growl Whole <laughs> thing when he when he when he when he fr- when he just scared the bejesus out of Mr. Waternoose when he dropped his coffee, like ah, oh, he said that's my boy. Is that the one where boy. he goes
0: in there and and he's trying to find Boo and then he does that scare and the, the dummy sets up? And oh, that, pops that, was, up. that was a good
1: thing. No, no, I think like when he talks to Mr. Waternoose about like how the plant's gonna shut down, all the kind of stuff, and he's like, Can you give him, like uh teaching people on the scare floor? Oh, uh, and like, yeah, them him, a little I forget, I like I think it was like the 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 crawl and growl where you just he's on the floor and then he comes up from the floor and just rah, it's, <laughs> perfect me so I'd probably be... just
0: uh, open the door and roll into the room <laughs> yeah <laughs> just,
1: just stand there going
0: boo yeah. and they I up. would just stand there and look at them yeah and let them look at me and just not say anything right. kids are already terrified of me I'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> So, Terrence, or sorry, Kyle that's will Kyle. be, Kyle, we, this is where Terrence would normally jump in, so we're going to just have Kyle take it away, tomato. we will yeah. be doing Terrence's work this episode, so exactly. Kyle, take it away. All right, so we're going to go with the movie
1: technical specs, I guess that's what Terrence does, because I painted it on the show too. Um, anyways, we have it, <laughs> oh wait, no, actually, we're going to go over the initial release date, so like that. So we're going to go with the release date, which was November 2nd, 2001, nearly 20 years old. Good old Jimbo was twenty-four when the movie came out. Yeah. So I wanted to date him right there. Thank you. Uh, I don't I, even know if you were bored yet where you kind of, Oh yeah, barely. <laughs> yeah, barely born yet. Yeah, I, I would have been eight. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the prime time for the audience to watch my like, I watched it when it came out and I enjoyed it. So yeah. Um, <laughs> movie was rated G for no for no parental guidance Stephen You just like you just need to be a kid to know enough stories. It's good. Budget was 115 million dollars which adjusted for inflation would up about $169, nice $0.1, $1 million today uh, in terms of budget. Its gross in the in United States and Canada was $290 million in the opening weekend. And, uh... To, oh, I, actually, I think that was the first... Oh. I, I'm not Terrence, folks. <laughs> but also, yeah. totally am channeling Terrence's spirit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the um, gross worldwide was... million so Moran made its money back the box office for November 2001 was number one it was Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone at $202 million then we have number two Monsters Inc. At one hundred ninety-seven point one million dollars. Number three, the Jack Black film *Shallow Hal*. Very <laughs> underrated movie, in my opinion. Really underrated. Not really much talked about today for both, you know, fair and worse. <laughs> <laughs> it is certainly of two thousand one. I'll give it that. But I do enjoy it. Um, *Shallow Hal* made fifty-eight million dollars that weekend. Next up, I believe there was a it was a Jet Li movie. Mm-hmm. The one Good movie. at forty-two point five million dollars. And number five was a movie called Domestic Disturbance, which of course we don't have the issue of the numbers four on hand. And uh, next up for the box office total year round for two thousand one, we have Harry Potter and the for Stone at two hundred eighty-eight point five million dollars. Number two, we have Shrek at two hundred sixty-seven point six million dollars. Number three, we have back at again we have Monsters Inc. at two hundred thirty-seven point four million dollars. And number 4 we have Rush Hour 2 at 226.1 million dollars and Fast and, and 5 <laughs> fast, fast 5 fast 5 <laughs> wow came out like 20 years earlier than expected <laughs> <laughs> We have at number 5 we have The Mummy Returns at 202.1 point uh, 2 million dollars my bad not one It's
0: very interesting that two of the top 3 movies there are all uh, animation/computer slash generated with yeah.
1: Shrek and Monsters, Inc. Shrek, Monsters, Inc. And I'll throw in Harry Potter 2 because why not? You know, those kids weren't real. That's a, <laughs> a conspiracy of mine. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, anyways, the movie was directed by Pete Doctor, who's also known for directing movies like Up, Inside Up, Inside Out, and Soul. Inside um, Up. Inside Up, Inside Out, the great crossover you never knew you wanted until now. Actually, I would love to see a crossover. i um, <laughs> but Inside Out and Soul, so a popular Pixar director. And also David Silverman was the co-director, who also directed The Simpsons movie and various other Disney Pixar shorts. Uh, Luke Lee. Uncringe was the co-director also. He was also director of Coco, um, Finding Nemo, and Toy Story 2 and 3. Um, Writing credits go to Pete Docter, who also wrote Toy Story 1 and 2, WALL-E, and Inside Out. Jill Colton, who was responsible for writing the movies like Open Season and Abominable. And Jeff Pigeon, who wrote various various Disney Pixar shorts. A lot of tongue twisters today in my mouth. Um... Next up we have Ralph Ingleston who wrote many other Pixar shorts. Then we have Andrew Straden who wrote Bug's Life, Funny Nemo, and Wally, um, kind of a co-writer Daniel the Wally with Peter Doctor as well. Next up we have Daniel Gerson who wrote Big Hero Six, various and various Disney shorts. And music by the legendary Randy Newman. Um, for anyone who's a big fan of Randy Newman, I was just listening to um, Short People, classic song. Not really kid-appropriate, but it's a fun song. <laughs> he,
0: does, he does a lot of the Pixar movies. I think this was like his fourth Pixar. Because um, I believe
1: it was like Toy Story, Bugs Life, and Monsters, Inc., and someone else. Maybe it was fourth or third. I can't remember. Yeah, it's his fourth, I think. Fourth. Okay, fourth. I'll how do it. I'll um, Yeah, but of course he wrote music for like Toy Story. Um, apparently the Monk TV series, which uh, of course he did. and um, Princess and the Frog. Yep. Uh, next up, we have art direction by Ty Crater, um, also the actor director for The Bugs Life. Dominique Lewis was also the director for The Groods. Mm-hmm. Producers, we have Daryl K. Anderson, Karen Dufello De- uh, Rosen. Um uh, <laughs> ter- definitely butchered that. <laughs> I right, that. John Lasseter, um, you may have heard him once or twice. John Lasseter, kind of a big name. <laughs> Corey Ray, and Andrew Stanton. Next up, we're going on to the runtime. We have one hour and 32 minutes, also known as 92 minutes in length. So right at just like the – I think that's kind of like the Goldilocks zone for all movies lengths. It's like it's not too short, but it's certainly not too long either. Like, like the hour and a half march, pretty yes, much. Yeah, hour and a half mark. Like that's where you like you got to hit that being in the theater. got to be at least 90 minutes. That's just kind of like the rule in theaters even today. Um, sound mix, we have – Dolby Digital, DTS, Digital Sound, Sound Sound, Sound, and Dolby Atmos for 3D re-release. Next up we have Color. Surprisingly enough, it was in color, bright, vibrant colors, all that kind of stuff. Aspect ratio, we have 1.66 by 1. And for the intended ratio, we have 1.85 by 1. Film length was 2,522 meters in... Yep. And um, for the negative format digital release, we. Uh, oh. Oh, for negative format, it was a digital release, of course, because it was a digital anime movie. The
0: cinematograph. The.
1: Cinematographic. <laughs> Cinematographic. Season T's are difficult for me, folks. Season S, especially. I have a list. <laughs> Cinematographic. Cinematographic. Cinematographic process with digital, once again, because this is a digital movie. <laughs> And print the format for was in uh, for the VHS releases back in those things. We had, we had the, back in the day we had these small uh, rectangular shaped, di- you know, uh, like you know rectangular shaped boxes, and they had film in it. They put in your VHS player. And made, well, when I was a
0: kid, we didn't even have one of those. So.
1: <laughs> I had a VHS player. I, I had a. I even had one of those giant disc things. I forget what it's called now, laser disc, laser disc. Yeah, that's right. I even had one of those laser discs when I was well, a little youngster. I never got to touch it though because they were expensive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was still, I <laughs> still expensive.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, and that is the technical specs of the movie. Um, All right, uh, Kyle, I any <laughs> now
0: let's just see. Did it win any awards? Anyways, now we're off
1: to the awards. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's go on. Monsters, Inc. won the Academy Award for Best Original Song by Randy Newman after the 15 previous nominations for If I Didn't Have You. It was the first animated film to be nominated for the Best Animated Feature. Unfortunately, it lost to Shrek, but also, and Shrek was a great movie. It was also nominated for Best Original Score, but of course it lost to The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, which has an amazing original score. Mm -hmm. And it was nominated for Best Sound Editing, but it lost that to Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, often kind of like mm, Black Sheep a little bit, but also kind of a good film in my own right. In my opinion. Maybe one day we'll cover it. At the Kids' Choice Awards in 2002, it was nominated for the Favorite Voice in Animated Movie for Billy Crystal, who, unfortunately, lost it to A. Murphy in Shrek. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> you got them guys going back and forth, back and forth. It's hard to compete with Shrek. <laughs> I understand.
0: Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> is that it for the awards, Kyle? That is it for the awards. I'm sure they probably won some other schmoozes and stuff, but Kyle didn't do that much. We're lucky he got what he got. I- I'm, so, I- I- so I'm not a full Terrence folk. I'm half a Kyle with a, with a, with a dash of Terrence. So, Kyle, if I asked you... If somebody had never seen this movie and you were going to tell them what it's about, give us a a synopsis of this movie that you would entice people to go see this or watch this.
1: You know, like, what if, like, you know, what goes bumping tonight was, like, a nine-to-five factory job? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the thing where it's, like, it's a good kids' movie for, like, just, like, having, like... What's the day to day grind of being a monster? What is why, why would you have to be a monster to scare kids? And well, the, not, not just you know, that,
0: but the reason that the monsters are doing this is because fear is what uh, runs their the electricity power. and yeah. power and all that in their world. The power
1: of screams generates the power of the world. So like, it's like you know, kind of like you know, the elevator pitch of that is just like
0: you know, they're on their nine to five job, generating you know, making kids scream so they have power for the city, right? And, uh, so. Basically, we have this thing. It's called Monsters Inc. is actually the name of the company they work for. Uh, and this story centers, centers centers around two primary monsters that work: uh, the Scare Monster and his, I guess, manager, if you will, yeah, Sully, uh, Sully and Sully Mike. And Mike, Wazowski. And Mike, Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. I can say that perfectly fine. <laughs> is one of my favorite characters in the whole Disney Empire because or Pixar because he is just hilarious. He's just one big giant eyeball, pretty much. You know I, just, what I mean? love it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's it's. It is, uh, but before we get too much further into this, Kyle, I think we better tell people who played these characters, so that way they understand. You know, when we say somebody's name, that who they can s- picture their voice.
1: Yeah, of course. So, anyways, move on. I'm going to keep kind of brief on the cast here, just because um, a lot of these people are like big name actors, so I don't need bigger introductions. But of course, we have the wonderful, giant, fantastic, legendary John Goodman playing the main role of Sully, the adorable um, giant. Polka dotted monster, which left him to death. Um, you'll recognize him from horror movies such as Cloverfield, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, he was also recently in Argo, and he was, uh, and he was Charlie Meadows and Barton Fink, and a whole host of other movies. Like he was in the first uh, that, the Kong Skull Island and a bunch of other stuff. So uh,
0: maybe Roseanne, maybe, yeah, Roseanne.
1: <laughs> of course, all, yeah, <laughs> probably actually the most probably most recognized role he probably probably has in his whole career, even now. Next up, we have the legendary Billy Crystal playing Mike Wazowski. Um, for him, my introduction to Mike Wazowski is the movie City Slickers, where he goes on to basically a wild goose chase for gold up in the I think it was Arizona or something yeah. like that, Nevada. But a fantastic film. Analyze this when Harry met Sally and Forget Paris. So Billy Crystal also a legendary comedian, actor, voice actor, and uh, just all around great person. Um, love him enough Next up, we have Steve Buscemi playing Randall. Um, You'll recognize Steve Buscemi from shows like um, Boardwalk Empire, the movie version of Fargo, Ghost World, The Island, Reservoir Dogs... Uh, Steve Buscemi gets around all over everywhere, and he's a fantastic. Was actor. he in Armageddon too? Uh, yes, he was Armageddon. He was the uh, the womanizer, which it's <laughs> like <laughs> a very weird role for Steve Buscemi. <laughs>
0: and I think he was in Con Air too, wasn't he? When he yes, played, he was. He was like the head of Electra. He was like the head of
1: Electra character. Yeah, full on the full. So back. there we
0: did. We just tied this into Silence of the Lambs. So <laughs> exactly. It's
1: into of it's the It's all full <laughs> circle. That's right, baby. <laughs> we planned this from the start. Don't worry. Next up, we have James, Co- James Coburn playing Henry J. Water noose the <laughs> third. You'll recognize him from movies such as the original Great Escape, um, Charade, and the Magnificent Seventh, the nineteen sixties version. Um he actually um died just one year after the film premiere mm-hmm. set to go, but I'm um, also Legendary Actors own right. Um, you know, legendary past actor, like Pixar does a great job of like bringing in like legendary actors like from like the sixties and bringing them from like, the Great Escape
0: is such a great movie, it's one of my favorites. Great Escape is a seminal
1: classic. <laughs> Yep. Next up, we have Mary Jibbs playing Boo. Um, <laughs> Boo, the uh, small child that, uh, that uh, Sully and Mike Wazowski suck with, basically out of accident. Um, she uh, pretty much only did this role mainly, but um, she did a small little quest for... Um, she was the role of quest on Inside Out. And she did some additional Monster Inc. roles. Um, I think she, actually, there's some stuff she did at the uh, Monsters at Work little Disney Plus show they did over right there. I believe she does some some small voice characters in that, if I'm correct. Next up, we have John Ratzenberg playing the role of the Abominable Snowman. <laughs> John Ratzenberger, no, John Ratzenberger, I'm sure I mispronounced that a little bit. But um, you'll recognize him for some, you know, cl- you know, Cliff in Cheers for, you know, 10 years or how many years it was. With, um, of course, legendary role in that case. And he does tons, and I mean tons, of voices in Pixar movies. I think he's actually been in every single Pixar movie since the beginning of the studio, actually. So John Ratzenberg has a legendary voice and a great actor, great person. And then last, but not least, we have Jennifer Tilly playing Celia. Um, you'll recognize her from two Chucky movies, um, mainly um, The Seed of Chucky and The Bride of Chucky. <laughs> kind of funny. She, had, like, one, she has these kid roles, and then she has the Chucky movies. <laughs> yeah, And she also has a uh, Bullet Over Broadway. And she and, has one of those very distinct voices, too. Yeah, exactly. She's just a recognizable from even just, just those two roles. You know exactly what voice mm-hmm. sounds like because that's just her in real life. And um, that, that closes up the um, – just a quick ha- – there's other actors too, but I'm not going to spend too much time on it because I already did all the rewards and I'm
0: tired. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> and he's out. But that's the uh,
1: cast of Monsters,
0: Inc. <laughs> so basically this story sits around Mike and Scully. Mike is the scare leader. He's the leader of the company. Uh, he gets the most scares. Um, he's going to set records and – Yeah, um, top of the heap. And, and Mike's is his, like, trainer. He's pretty funny because he wakes him up in the morning. He's like, up, down, up, down. You know, he's like, brush your teeth and all that. So. yeah. Well, one day they go in there and and, and Sully goes into this door and uh, it's this little girl and she's not really scared of him. She just looks at him and goes, Kitty you know and he's like, Uh so he gets out of there and he turns around and she's actually on this tail, I think. Yeah, right. right Yeah. Um because any basically these doors drop and you go they go into the, the, the kids' room and then they scare the kid, they come out and they fill up their tanks or whatever. Yeah, a little red light comes on. But she actually out. comes out into the world. And every time there's an incident, uh, like uh, the one guy, the, what is it, 2619 or whatever it is. 2619, 2619, uh, yeah. The guy comes out. And he has a sock stuck to his back. The is called in and basically they throw him down, shave him and spray him with something. Yeah,
1: spray him and all of that. Then they, yeah, they take a strap on him, and like, 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 like an adhesive strap. They put on his back and rip it rip off, off just right. to avoid any kind of contamination of the human element. So having a child in this world is they think it's dangerous like the ultimate taboo and now he's like, just like absolutely like 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 every every like world disaster times a thousand it's as bad as like an
0: earthquake or something like that just right like is they think it's going to end, end their world in their like. whole world easily so basically um, once that happens they they actually take the, the little girl's name They we call her Boo in this movie yeah uh, they're stuck with her so they scoop her up in like a little duffel bag yeah and, um, they don't know what they're going to do yeah, because they know, because they can't, like... Actually, it's Sully that has it, because Mike's on a date with uh, Cecilia at the Chinese yeah. restaurant. And he's like, hey, uh, he puts a video up, he's like, hey... Uh, like in the bag a. <laughs> in
1: the sheep Bay, I have not like lines yet, but like, you know, but he's stuck like, in a dilemma because, like, you know, like um, things have been going kind of down at the Monsters Inc. factory itself. Um, they've had trouble with uh, energy shortages or something like that too, and so the fact is, like, if they reveal they actually let a human child get out, then like that would be like a huge like destroy. blow to the It would destroy the whole company basically, like that. So like they have to try and suppress that news and get the child back before anyone realizes how bad this is, so they can kind of subvert kind of the blame the company and keep their jobs and keep everyone employed.
0: Right. So. And unfortunately for our two heroes, they actually, uh, their their bag was found when they were taking pictures on the news interview, remember, where it had monsters yeah. in the bag. So now Mike and um, Sully are stuck with this child at their house. It's funny to watch the interactions here. Yeah. But, you know, and this is where Sully kind of starts figuring out, Mike, he's like, I don't think she's dangerous. You know what I mean? And there's a thing where she starts to, uh, starts to cry. And uh, I think Mike takes away Something from her Remember it was, Like uh, like it was like a, like a toy or something yeah. I forget what it was Exactly And he's like but, Give it back to her Give it back to her And she starts crying And she screams real loud And cries And the whole city Goes like on a blackout road, like, like basically the
1: city block Just kind of like over, Overcharges Almost like Kind of like a brownout Or something like that If you ever had one of those In your life Where like the electricity Like well in this gets An overcharge But basically like that And um, then I can't remember Like how like Doesn't Mike Wazowski Get hurt somehow Like get stuck in a chair And that causes her to laugh yeah. And when the laugh happens It can Completely, just blows out all, like, just all the electrical outlets in the entire like city block. Basically, all the lights like burn out and all that kind of stuff. The fact's like,
0: like, what was that? The laugh is clearly
1: like exponentially more powerful than the scream. And they'll come back later in the plot. Obviously. Right.
0: So, Sully's basically figuring out, like, look, I don't think she's a threat. And you know, he goes to tucks her in, and she calls him Kitty and all that, and she wants her to stay in there while she falls asleep, remember? And yeah, and it's just, he's just afraid there's gonna be a clock. It's just know, a touching man. moment that you can see this bond happening already between Solly and Boo. Um, so they get the idea that they're gonna say hey, we're gonna send her back through <laughs> the door mm. and none of this ever happened you know what I mean so they're gonna sneak in and do that um, but Randall which is the enemy of this thing the antagonist, yeah. he is trying to cheat and, and scare do, do extra doors to scare to, to become the leading monster of the scare floor which is I think Soli's won it for I forget how many years in a row or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, so he's in there and, and basically the whole thing breaks down to where uh, Go ahead, yeah. Cal. Yeah, well, like I said, like, the thing, like, core thing, like, Randall and Sully are both
1: competing for the all time scare record. So, mm-hmm. I was like, and it's clear that, like, uh, like Sully just broke it the other day, basically, like that, and Randall's all trying to, rapidly trying to keep up and, uh, trying to impress Waternoose. You you
0: know. Well, do you yeah. remember there's a yeah. scene where, uh, they come, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Randall Flag has just taken the, li- and then yeah. he comes out, and he it's and so like, and then, and then he sees slumber slumber party. Slumber, He's like <laughs> slumber parties, and he cracks his <laughs> <cracks, Snuggle's laughs> like no problem. And Randall's just so mad. Another day of the week. <laughs> Uh, so
1: good, but yeah, Randall like he's the tackle, Like he's the guy who's willing to play dirty to win anything it takes for him to win. He'll go down and do it. Where Sully is like the you know the good average you know good average working man just doing the best he can and he's just naturally talented at his job. That's right. So
0: means, Randall, you know? Randall knows they have the kid. Yeah, because Randall. Uh, well, well, he doesn't really know. That's not revealed yet. Yeah, yeah he never. doesn't really know, but he suspects that they're the ones that have him. He's put two and two together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but because he notices he notices the,
1: the, Sully and Mike asking suspiciously, basically immediately, you know, something's up.
0: So Sully and Mike come up with this plan. They're like, look, we can't be walking around here with this kid. They're going to find out. So they they come up with that costume. It looks like a Which little basically like a
1: recycled couch parts, you like that, <laughs> yeah. like the leather of a couch and sewn on zippers. Just
0: yeah, <laughs> it looks terrible. You can see your face right through the costume, but uh, it's so good. It's he drops so good. her off at like the scared daycare, and and, it, and it's like he's like, oh, it's my cousin, you know, <laughs> or my cousin, it, it, my, it's, my cousin's it's, daughter, it's my cousin's daughter's nephew. <laughs> I just
1: don't know. It's like, oh, I must have been some bald head and checking because explains the water news.
0: Yeah, but this comes to my favorite part where. Um, basically booze climbed out of her costume or whatever and I guess uh, she climbed uh, it falls down the trash receptacle or whatever they empty it and then you see Sully it's going through like all this hammer stuff and pound his, and Sully stands up, looks he passes out, he looks back up, it's <laughs> going back to another part of the thing and he passes back out. One time he barely gets up and he passes out again. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just the f- one of the funniest <laughs> scenes of the whole it's movie. Just,
1: that whole trash thing goes through just a gauntlet of ridiculous compactors back and forth and incineration <laughs> stuff. And it comes <laughs> out to like this
0: little little cube and yeah. the little eyeball pops off, you know, the little yeah. string eyeball <laughs> pops off. And, and and Mike's coming to him. It's Sully. Where's the kid? Where's the kid? And, and Sully's just crying, you know. And, and he the pops out and he hands it to him. And then and then here Mike Joel, Wojowski And he's like, he's like Sully's like I still hear her voice. And Mike's like, I can hear it too. And they turn around and she's on like a. A field trip or something with the, this class yeah, or something
1: random field trip. Oh, I love it. He's like, like, I think I hear a voice too, and then here's another voice go, Mike was asking. He's like, How did you got in there?
0: <laughs> just, it's just, it's got comedy all the way through it. Yeah, uh, fantastic so, writing. We won't prolong the plot. Basically, uh, Randall kidnaps her, takes her down to like a secret part, and is going to use her, her crying to. He's going to become like, the champion. He's going, yeah. He's essentially he's.
1: Randall has devised this whole device that will actually forcibly take the scream out of a child in this very kind of it's very dark for even a kiss movie kind of way of like basically just taking the screams out to the point of uh, implied death to some degree right yeah and so like Randall kidnaps the child and uh, uh, I believe actually he kidnaps he kidnaps Mike first by accident he kidnaps Mike yeah. and actually puts Mike on the machine and actually trying to suck out the it's machine so funny <laughs>
0: Just his eyeball with his whole mouth just surrounded by the machine. The <laughs> thing you gotta understand about Mike, man, is he likes to say, you know, he's, he's, he's going on on that date and he's like, hey, what you, What kind of deodorant you guys like? Stinky garbage or something else, you know? <laughs> and then he takes his contact, his gigantic contact, and like the size it of a life. basketball or even bigger. Just <laughs> yeah, like, it's, just, it's like a beach ball you <laughs> stick to his head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, Sully comes, saves the day. Uh, they said, look, we gotta get Boo back to her door. Um, so Mike goes to get the thing, but Somehow it's already been taken back up and back into the rotation. And they go, and Mike's like, what are we going to do? And Sully's like, I got an idea. So they hop on one. And now they go out and ride this thing out into the door world where there's like, millions of doors so they're trying to find which one to throw Yeah, like in. this
1: endless hall like endless doors and uh <laughs> yeah and uh basically they, they discover like the only way they can activate the door was of using her like laughter or uh, uh, or crying like we right. really use laughter it'll make her cry so so he,
0: so that's where mike makes her laugh and i think he falls and, and hits himself in the groin or something and it lights up all the doors mm-hmm. so now they can they're running from randall and they're going to like if you pay attention, which I have it in my notes, they go to like a Paris which is another scene for Pixar's movie Ratatouille. Ratatouille yep. um, there's a lot of throwbacks to all the Pixar movies I, in here, future and past.
1: Yeah, I believe it with the the well, Granny represent and an Tube, I believe they go to like a
0: trailer park where they have the uh, the um, beach from, truck also there. And that's also from a Bug's Life. Bug's Life, that's correct. They, yeah, that's so movie. they have both of them in there. Yeah. Um, fine, so basically, uh, they they Basically, they get yeah. they capture Randall, basically, and uh, Waternoose, is, they come in, and Waternoose is like, uh, well, you know, we would have got away with this if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. He's actually the big bad guy behind the movie.
1: Yeah, it, 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 well, it, it's revealed, like, Waternoose is complicit with everything Randall did and actually, like, yeah, started the whole project for him trying to get these manual screen devices because, like, he, like he, it's the only way he can figure to actually keep the company alive is by having this new method of... Uh, Basically, you know, taking, stealing these children and using them for scream harvesting.
0: Right. Yeah. You know. um, so basically, here comes uh, Roz. Uh, they said they set up Water News because here comes Roz, which is the lady that's Mike Jawalsky. Where's your paper? Where's your paper? <laughs> it's actually she's the leader of the CDC, and they said they've been after him for so many years, and now they have the proof because it was all recorded on the thing that they set him up with. So basically, it comes down to the end of the movie where they're going to say goodbye to Boo, <laughs> and. um... Uh, Oh, uh, just one one quick moment back. Uh, I didn't put it in the cast list, but Roz is actually played by a male, Bob Peterson. <laughs> and not, not only that, but I think the uh, Randall's assistant is Frank Oz from Yoda fame. I believe you're correct. You are correct. Yes. Yes. So um, <laughs> basically, they say goodbye and and um, booze. He's like, I can't come see you anymore, and she's like, Kitty, you know. And mm-hmm. so they shut the door and then they put it through the shredder or whatever. Uh, the CDC does, I do believe. Yeah. Well. Um, so now they know that laughter is part So now it's like the laugh floor. And ever since the door was shredded, Mike had saved a little piece for uh, Sully. And Sully has it taped to the back of his clipboard the entire uh, time he's like the, he's the right. leader. Like,
1: I, think uh, like, I think it's like two or three years later or something like that. Right. But basically, yeah, he's running the factory basically. So
0: uh, Mike Mike comes, he says, hey, you know, come with me, I got to show you something. So. Mike basically went down and re-put the door back together piece by piece you know he shows you your hands he's got all yeah, those splinters, splinters, splinters yeah. Yeah. and he's like it's only missing one piece big guy and he takes that last piece and puts it on the door and it lights up and he opens the door and you hear boo and then you hear kitty and that's the end of the movie great movie heartwarming movie uh, hilarious on all aspects. So um, that's just a little overview of the movie. Now we'll jump into some of the fun facts uh, about this movie because you'll find some stuff. I have some cast in here uh, because Kyle uh, did the cast that could have played the movie or should have played. The, you know, auditioned for the movie. Could have, would have, should have. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Mary Gibbs, who played Boo, um, she was really young, so they couldn't get her to stay in the recording studio to record. So they actually. Followed her around with a microphone and cut her lines together from things she said while she was playing. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Convenient way to get around some of the labor laws. <laughs> uh, this is very interesting, too. John Goodman and Billy Crystal sometimes recorded their lines in the same room together. Uh, they usually don't do that. They usually have one actor in one and then come in another actor come in later and do it. But they were actually together, which is usually you know uncalled for or not uncalled for, unheard of.
1: Uh, yeah. Especially for the time, but yeah, but like you know, it is like it is imperative, like to get certain scenes, like certain, like that training scene they had, like wake up in the morning, he's like scary feet, scary feet, scary feet, do the whole right. thing where he drops down. Like you got to get those things, like you got to get that timing down perfectly,
0: which you just it's, it's it's nearly impossible to do on separate recordings, right? Steve Buscemi and Frank Oz also recorded their lines together for the bathroom scene, so th- <laughs> th- there you go, you have that uh, too. Uh, Billy Crystal was originally offered the role of Buzz Lightyear. In Toy Story, uh, and he declined, which later he regretted after seeing the film itself. You know, that was probably a big opportunity for him. So he says, the, uh, Pixar said, Hey, you know, we'll hang on to your audition. And if anything f- in the future comes up, he's like, Hey, don't forget about me. Mm-hmm. So John Laster actually called him and uh, his w- called his wife, and she said, Hey, Mr. Laster, I'd like to speak to you. And it was about Monsters Inc. and the role of Mike Wazowski.
1: Wazowski. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, the scoreboard at the scaring contest consists of the names of the Pixar staff members, which I think is pretty funny. That's a great, nice touch. Um, So here's some of the throwbacks to the other uh, toys from Toy Story and stuff. So in the first scene, one of the toys in the boy's bedroom shelf is the toy plane that hung from the ceiling and caused Buzz to fly around. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Mike and Scully are rolling through the scare floor, the rolling clown from Toy Story can be seen in the background. And when Randall is practicing his camouflage backgrounds, you actually see him pull down one, and it's Andy's wallpaper, you know, the blue cloud yep, with the white. Yeah, that
1: one? They have the whole thing, yeah, the, the really, really quick thing where they're demonstrating all three different powers, like the spike guy and all that kind of stuff, too.
0: At three minutes and 26 uh, seconds into the movie, when the simulation is ended, and mantra reaches for a knob on the control panel to review the videotape, just below and to the left knob is a little indicator which reads 510-752-3000, which is actually Pixar's phone number. Oh, so Kyle, we'll have you call big <laughs> surprise right here Say on the hey. podcast. What's up? Like a movie, big surprise. <laughs> um, though, this is one of the the greatest uh, Easter eggs I think it's pretty cool. That the restaurant that Mike gets the date for Cecilia for is called Harryhausen's, which is an homage a homage to, to Ray Harry Harryhausen, yeah. uh, who did like. Uh, which is funny because. He did Clash of the Titans, and Cecilia has the snakes in her like Medusa, so I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Very clever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And also, the octopus beyond the bar in the restaurant only has six legs. As a reference to, it came from beneath the sea in 1955, which he created the octopus with six arms due to budget restrictions instead of eight. That makes sense. And they, were,
1: and they later like um, retackled that with like a fine door later on, having the full octopus be a main character of the movie. Right. Yeah.
0: Do you remember when Sully... Uh, when he's walking to work, him and Mike are walking to work, and he says, Hey, Ted, and it's that big, tall monster. The giant rooster, yeah. Right. Well, it's a, it looks like Godzilla. They were actually wanted to, to use the Godzilla roar, but uh, they asked permission from Toho, which was the Godzilla film soon, to use it, but they were like, nah. They turned him down. So they responded to giving him a chicken cluck. But in one of the credit bloopers, though, it, it is revealed to be a dinosaur, which is actually Rex from Toy Story, auditioning for the role in the movie. <laughs> So that's funny, too. Great
1: little not, yeah, Yeah, the post credit little... The, I love the, uh, the the credits montage. We didn't talk about that. Like The whole credits the first, bloopers it's montage. It's the
0: first one that I'd ever had. I ever
1: did that, and it's so amazing. I wish more movies still didn't right now.
0: Right. Um, uh, especially animated movies, because it's funny. Cause yeah. the, but even in film... Oh, yeah, so since they have to do... They're still
1: doing the film work. Right. I think bloopers, I love it. Um,
0: Boo's <laughs> real name is Mary, as Kyle stated, and it's actually shown on one of the crown drawings. She shows Sully in the scene where Boo is going to sleep on Sully's bed. So uh, I think that's really cool. They put a real name, you know, a real name in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the news leaked for this movie in the early of fall of two thousand one that this movie would be the chosen one for the teaser for Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, which came out two thousand two. Hundreds and hundreds of Star Wars fans paid admission for the movie just to see the teaser and then leave right <laughs> after it. I Did was it like, just <laughs> it's such a good movie, though. Okay. <laughs>
1: Like, do we really have those kind of fandoms today, where they just walk in just to see the trailer, then leave? I mean, grant it. Now, nowadays, it's all a lot easier to, now. Now it all goes to YouTube mainly, but I guess like people still go to like San Diego Comic Con just to watch one trailer, and that's all they really want to go see, right?
0: Um, to get Boo to laugh on Cube Peter Doctor would entertain her with sock puppets in the recording booth at times. Uh, according to this film's credits, Kyle, no monsters were harmed in the making of this film. That's it's actually, little things it's, like it's, that. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> and they say that, but I think Mike Wajowski got hurt quite
1: a lot in this movie. It, just, uh, that's some serious action work. Some Three Stooges kind of like good slaps at Kanye Right, put in there. Mike uh, Wazowski, you know.
0: Sully's big armchair in his apartment has a hole in the back to let his tail through. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, hey. Great attention detail, always, you know.
1: Um, Sully's whole character design is amazing little spikes on his back the way his fur is polka dotted but also blue and purple it's really good
0: there are also several easter eggs hidden in this movie referencing to what their next film would be for Finding Nemo in 2003 first at Harryhausen's restaurant we told you about the octopus shelf Uh, there's also a uh, painting of Nemo on the wall second when Sully throws Randall into a bedroom a statue of Nemo can be seen on the wall into the bedroom and last but not least when Boo hands Sully some of her toys she hands him a Nemo toy so it's it's interesting that they're always a step ahead, thinking about their next movie and throwing stuff in there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And just like you know, and in like, terms like acid generation, as like, it's clearly you're always thinking of like, what's like the next ten projects we have down the line. So like, you know, there's stuff like even like original Toy Story, you could see like being traced in today in some films. Like, I can't remember specifics, but like,
0: yeah, this was the only Pixar film of the two thousands to have bloopers, which we covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, here you go, Kyle. Let me tell you. Could you see these people playing Mike Wazowski? Are you ready? All right. Robin Williams. Yes. Eddie Murphy. No. Jack Black. Yes. Andrew Carey. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, I think um, that. <laughs> The funny thing about this whole thing was, is Eddie Murphy actually was in Shrek, so that was another animated movie going that, on. That's at the, the same thing time. where it's like he's it already
1: donkey, and like Mike was.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Unlike previous Pixar productions, each of the main characters were assigned their own individual animator. John Cars did Sully, Andrew Gordon worked on Mike, and David Devon did Boo. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mr. Waternoose, are you ready? Mr. Waternoose, go for it. Patrick Stewart. Oh, oh. <laughs> I would, I would, would have to say, really yes.
1: love to see that. <laughs> I would love to see Sean Connery do it too. I'd love to see Patrick Stewart in anything. Sean Connery, also yeah, <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> You would have done a perfect job, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, Kyle, near the end of the movie, a poster can be seen at Mike and Sully's Laugh Floor workstation with the title, Ten Rules of Comedy. I'm going to give them to you. Are you All right, ready? go for it. Number one, punchline does not mean hit the child.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got to clarify these things. You know, they always say every rule has a story. <laughs> hey,
0: this is you, Kyle. Number two, don't howl at your own jokes.
1: <laughs> uh, you, know, you don't have to burn me like that, Jimbo. No. I mean, we're live on air right now.
0: Three. <laughs> Tentacles, funny. Razor sharp claws, not funny. Mm, Uh, Speak for yourself. Four, multiple heads should speak one at a time. Number five, no claws for tickling. (laughs) Number six, scared kids don't laugh. Number seven, try not to hurt the audience. (laughs) Number eight, always keep sharp spikes in. Number nine, you won't laugh if you don't take a bath. I feel like these are just the ten rules for Gallagher. do <laughs> uh, don't let them see you slobber. So this is just this, just this all good. Rules. This is the Gallagher show. He's gonna smash that watermelon. <laughs> this <laughs> is just for Galger. <laughs> uh, computing power, and measured in rend- uh, render marks, Toy Story in nineteen ninety nine required one point one million, and Monsters Inc. in 2001, two thousand one, two point five million.
1: So it is expensive. Um, all films are expensive. <laughs> uh,
0: sadly, the production briefly shut down following the September 11th attacks. So it happened understandable because yeah, like right around that time frame, a lot of films had to change it up. Down.
1: Like Lilo and Stitch had to change it up. Everything.
0: And oddly um, enough, this is Frank Oz's first animated film. That is, as it was like like it makes sense, but also shocking at the same time. I guess he did more of the puppets, so it wasn't really animated. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah.
1: But you know, still like it's just. It's weird to think about. Like, I guess. It's, it's technically true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Billy Crystal has a uh, hand footprint uh, at the Hollywood Chinese Theater. Uh, during his ceremony in April of 2019, a small foot stamp in the shape of Mike's was also pressed in the cement next to Crystal's actual prints and signature and written Mike W. <laughs> so they, That's fantastic. <laughs> really <laughs> classy. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, this is for the role of Randall, Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, Mr. Waterhouse was James Colburn's only role in an animated movie. He reprised him in both video games, so there you have that. Uh, the music when Sully leaves Boo is the same music in Toy Story 3 when Andy leaves Woody and the crew. Oh, That's a touching scene. It's just, you know, when it works, you know, you can't fix when it ain't broken. <laughs> uh, originally, the restaurant where Sully and Mike escape with Boo was originally going to be blown up by the CDA. However, due to the September 11th attacks, it was changed to have the restaurant be decontaminated instead. So, yeah, uh, right call there. September mm-hmm. 11th just changed the world, man. For a lot of, lot of, lot of things. It is interesting. It's like it granted it, it, they
1: just to make put on a side note it's like i know like a lot of films and tv shows always show, um almost universally chose to avoid the subject altogether around 9 eleven and very and most films uh, either like you know, they they change their scenes to, like make sure they don't have an explosion scene at all or like you know like right here where they have decamination like the only like, very few films or TV shows that even, like, directly touched upon it at all. Like, I remember, like... the you only remember, like, the original Sopranos TV shows mentioned 9-11 happening, but, like, shows around the era, like Angel or stuff like that, just kind of like, just like, nope, we're just not even going to talk well, about
0: Well, I it. remember... Wasn't it Spider-Man or Spider-Man 2 that actually had the trailer with the two towers? If yeah, I Spider-Man
1: 1 had the trailer with the two towers, and that's, and that's where they added the um, scene at the very end where New York... Uh, all the New York citizens came to save Spider-Man there with the uh, two... Um, Dangling train cars, basically, and uh, well, not the train cars, but you know the, the monorail, monorail thing. Yeah, and so that's why they, they changed that whole scene for the response to September, September 11th. But uh, a lot of other movies like like um, they they just kind of chose to. I mean, granted, like there's no. There's no right thing to say there at that moment, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of surprising to see how many films are just like, we're not going to touch this 10-foot pole, which I understand, but also is a little disappointing in hindsight now.
0: Right? Uh, whenever the CDA arrives, Ross tends to pull down the shutter to her office, likely to hide the fact that she's the leader of the CDC. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, what's your thoughts on this fabulous Pixar motion picture? Well, this is actually the post like one of, probably the first ones I gotta
1: show you. I got to see it as a kid when it released. So like I can have the, I have the full on <laughs> childhood nostalgia of watching this film i mean like of course it's great it's a, it's a it's a classic film that i watched when i was young and get to appreciate back then and a the film i get to appreciate now as an adult and seeing all you know all the little fun little quirks about it so it is absolutely a it's a 10 out of 10 movie pixar was knocking out of the park this whole generation with toy story and bug's life and everything like that they just couldn't miss for the longest time and uh absolutely love this film so for me it's a absolutely full-on recommendation
0: jimbo how do you feel man i love this movie so much um the thing I like about this movie is the plot is ridiculous, but you grow attached to this character and the the, the, the relationship between um, Soli and Boo is just so touching. It's almost like a father daughter thing in a weird that way. That growing relationship of adopted right. kind of sibling, kind right? Of thing. Like yeah. he's protective of her, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then you have Mike with the comedy just the whole way through, but then actually he's like one of the heroes at the end. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie too is like. Uh, he's like, hey, we're on the cover <laughs> of this magazine this week. And oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, a and magazine. Joke. And they, they uh, drop it, so it on there, and like the logo, like the, the barcode or something, is over his face. And yeah. he's like, I can't believe it. He's like, Sully's like, man, Mike, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'm on the cover of the magazine. I was like, I'm on TV. It's just like his so two good. little arms hanging there. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, but, but he plays a fantastic part. Um, And I was never, uh, during this whole movie, I was never bored with it. Uh, There's always something hilarious going on. And all the different stuff in the background that you notice each time you watch it, there's always something new that you see that you would never noticed before. Um, And what I thought was really funny, too, is the CDC... Uh, some of them have two arms. Some of them have like four arms. So they're monsters themselves, which is pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's really it's like you know, it's like it's it's an absurd idea that it's so clear that every person at Pixar went through ridiculous lengths to to figure out how everything works. Like, okay, monsters are real and screams equal power. Let's figure out an entire how an entire world works with those two rules in place. Right, and I you think know. I
0: read that they actually uh, sat down and got the idea from this over lunch when I think they were doing Toy Story. That they all just sat around four people sat around and came up with the story at lunchtime mm-hmm. okay. or at least the rough outline of it you know what I mean um, but like you said Pixar man when they couldn't miss with Toy Story this A Bug's Life and Finding Nemo those four right there is just Some of the best. Oh, yeah. I really enjoy Bugs Life. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. No, I love Bugs Life. I I think they're all just like, I think they're all like modern
1: classics. Right. mm -hmm. So,
0: we might cover the rest of those sometime in the future because they're just fun to do. And Toy Story has so many childhood memories attached to that with all the different toys in there. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, So, uh, yeah, definitely give this a check out. Um, We know this is a little bit of a a crazy episode because it's the first anime. And we're talking about a a cartoon more or less. Um, But, hey. A grown man can like a cartoon, right, Kyle? Absolutely. But I, you're not grown yet. So. <laughs>
1: I'm, 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 a grown, I'm a grown man child. I mean, I'll say that. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, hopefully Terrence will be back soon. Uh, if not, uh, we have to discover when uh, Terrence is going to be able to record. So we're kind of keeping some of these movies back from Terrence. Or not back from Terrence, but saving them for when Terrence is here. And me and Kyle will be doing some other oddball movies that probably Terrence wouldn't get around to watching with him working now. So yeah. uh, me and Kyle should still be paving the way. Uh, and then we'll have Terrence in as he can. Um, so the schedule's that. being a
1: little bit floaty but we'll try and keep releases coming out. Right. so I don't want to go ahead no. and
0: say what we're going to do next because it we may not be that, it may be something with Terrence so we, but me and Kyle's got a separate list going on that we, we're going to cover we so. promise there'll be more podcasts <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. this, is, this Hopefully. is not the end of the tragedy of cinema <laughs> that would be a tragedy <laughs> that <would> be, oh. <laughs> boom, boom. so with that and being said written. I think this episode's coming to a close and that's wrap and, and Kyle and cut